Hello and welcome to ESPN Crick Info Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer and this week's pod is distinctly Bangalorean. Having retro-lived Jawagal Srinath and Anil Kumble's heroics versus Australia at the Chinnaswamy in 1996, we look at India's best tail-end efforts in ODIs. Did you know though, there were six players from the state of Karnataka who played in the Indian XI that day? Joined by Shashank, Varun and Gaurav, we show the legacy of our home state a fair bit of love. There will be plenty of laughs and maybe a pop quiz as well. See you on the other side. We have a packed house this week on Stump Mike. We have a packed show as well and a fun one at that. Gaurav Sundaraman, welcome back to Stump Mike. You're becoming quite a regular now. Yeah, with so many retro games and stuff which uh, is relevant to me, especially the 90s, I think uh, I like being on this show. Mm, and for the first time in lockdown, we have turned to the services of Varun Shetty. And when I asked him to turn on his camera, suddenly that, that, that college, those college looks, that young boy image is gone and it's been replaced by a heavy set beard. Varun, I, I kind of think this lockdown is not treating you well. Find me one person who says the lockdown is treating them well. Uh, unlike uh, Gaurav, the 90s are not very relevant to me. Uh, the retro <laughs> matches we've been doing, I was two or three years old. Uh, I do not look anywhere near that right now. So I suppose uh, this is my look so I can speak about old games. I might as well look the part when I do it. <laughs> so we're sticking to Bangalore today because the fourth person that is on this podcast is our friend Shashank Kishore. Although if you ask him, he will tell you that where I live in Whitefield is not part of Bangalore. Hey, Shanky. Oh, yeah. I mean, I expected you to bring up the Whitefield joke again. <laughs> so I'm not really surprised. But yeah, good to be back on the show again. Yeah, that's awesome. So the two of y'all, Varun and Shanky, y'all, y'all did part of our Retro Life series, the Titan Cup. Was it the third ODI? India versus Australia over the weekend? Yeah, it was. It was the uh, third ODI uh, sometime in October 1996. I still remember having school holidays at the time for Dasara and stuff. So, uh, fond memories of watching that game live with the family. And yeah, it was good fun uh, reliving that game and all those moments that made that game very special. For Varun, probably it would have been living the game for the very first time for you. Yeah, definitely. If, it, if you say ball by ball, then yeah, that was the first time I watched the entire thing. Of course, I was doing a commentary on the website for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, but we all know the match. I remember when I put it on, even my mother remembered that match specifically because she remembers the TV kept panning to players mm-hmm. late in the match. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty iconic game. Everyone in the house knew it, including my much younger brother as well. So, so Varun, set the stage for us. Yeah, what happened in that game? Australia, I mean, the batting was a struggle for both sides. And, and tell us what happened and why is it so popular among the Indian fan base? I mean, uh, for starters, it was uh, probably a return to a, to a big uh, sort of fortress for India because that year, every time they came to Bangalore, they did really well. Whereas for the rest of the year, they were quite uh, up and down. So, I mean, just to put that into context, Chinnaswamy had had its first day-night fixture earlier that year, which of course was the India-Pakistan uh, quarterfinal. And... Uh, that was the last time really that year that India had any sort of a high in ODI cricket because we know what followed Eden Gardens with the crowd trouble there. And then uh, Azaruddin was sacked somewhere halfway through the year. Sachin came in. He didn't uh, have a great start at all, as is very well documented. So coming back, it was like India had lost series in Singapore. They lost series in England, Sri Lanka, Toronto. They weren't winning at all. And then here they come back to Chinnaswamy with no less than six players from Karnataka. Uh, and it was only, again, the second uh, match that would be played in the evening there. So, packed house and it was pretty much a similar atmosphere to the India-Pakistan game. So, so uh, this uh, Titan Top was a, an ODI tri-series. It was South Africa, Australia and India. And South Africa had beaten both the sides in the opening two games. So, this was the third game. Both sides were coming off a loss to South Africa. Australia, Australia struggled with the bat. 215 is, is, is what they made. 
India struggled as well. And this is Team India in the 90s. When Sachin got out, I'm like, this is done, man. Gaurav, now you were at the stadium, yeah? And, and we all saw the visuals on television over the weekend on, with, uh, that our friends at Star Sports aired. There was there was an exodus at the at the Chinnaswamy when when Sachin got out. There were 52 runs to get. Were you one of those who left? Not really, but uh, the interesting story is that that was my first uh, day night game as well, and the first uh, game in the stadium ODI. I had seen a test before, uh, but it was the first game, uh, first ODI game, and uh, it was a carnival atmosphere. Like Varun said, uh, day night games uh, in India were rare and. Any ODI between any two teams uh, usually gets a full house in India. So it was packed house, very noisy crowd. And so we went as a full uh, family, my dad, mom, me and my brother. And it was great fun. And as soon as Sachin got out, uh, my dad being uh, paranoid as most parents would be that the <laughs> game is getting over late and there'll be a lot of queues and we have to get back home. You have to sleep. And like Shashank said, this was Dashana holidays and my school was uh, supposed to open the Monday after. I think this game was on a Saturday. I'm not too sure. But uh, the game, uh, my school was supposed to open on Monday and this was like the last holiday activity for us. So uh, we kind of begged my dad and said, let's just watch. And uh, after one more wicket, let's go and stuff. And that wicket never uh, fell. So it was actually a great experience to uh, watch that game live. And the fact that the Karnataka boys won it, it's very rare to see two local boys. First of all, six people playing was extremely rare. And then you have two guys actually finishing the game uh, in the home, uh, at their home venue with their family sitting. It 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 had a fairy tale ending. It was like fate, you know, that uh, India Srinath Kumble had to win it with the bat. Yeah, I'm, I must confess, I do not remember Sujit Somasundar at all. Like he was there opening with Sachin yesterday, and I was like, I had to go on his cricket info profile, and like, yeah, he has had a fairly decent. Uh, First, first class, first class career. But Varun, when you were doing ball by ball, obviously you know the result. Obviously you know this is retro live. But when when you saw it again, that 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 magic that Srinath in particular and Kumble as well brought out would have surely come across to you even now. Even what what is it? Twenty four years after the fact. Yeah, definitely, and it was amplified a little because I've always been a massive fan of uh, Javagal Srinath's batting. Uh, it was so madcap, so hit and miss. Uh, it was even even in even in that chase, you know, I mean, you when you think about it, it's two tailenders who got through 52 runs. And when you think of it, if you haven't seen the match, you think, okay, there was Kumble at one end. He was probably very calm and he was leading Srinath on. But if you actually look at it, there was, it was very uh, quintessential Srinath. Even, even in difficult times, the first four balls, he almost got out each of those deliveries. Uh, he was still swinging around. Uh, it's just when he connects, Srinath is basically that's the peak Srinath for me, not his bowling. It's his batting. So, yeah, it was exciting to see because, uh, like Gaurav mentioned earlier, it wasn't a particularly entertaining ODI match. Uh, 215 runs and, you know, strike rates of 60s and 70s. Uh, Australia never quite got going as well. So, uh, it was nice that uh, it was Srinath with the bat that uh, brought the entertainment to that game. And it was. Uh, it was something of a spectacle to watch because uh, as I was doing commentary, I, I gathered my entire family there because I said, just look at how Srinath does this. Because <laughs> that was uh, pretty much for starting from, I, I suppose, 96 to the time he retired. Every time Srinath went into bat, everyone then suddenly expected something to happen because he had done this one innings. But it would be frustrating as hell because it would never happen because Srinath bats like that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, that that was uh, my big... Uh, sort of take away from that game, that is my big memory of that game, was for once Srinath actually taking India through with that kind of batting. So, Star showed that uh, the, the Bangalore ODI over the over the weekend, the very next day, they showed another ODI, another India versus Australia ODI from, from the same Titan Cup. Gaurav, I don't know if you remember, and I was shocked seeing this, Srinath came in at number three in that match. Like, what kind of promotion did he get during this series? Like, he's gone from, I don't know, a tailender to number three in the order. So, the mid-90s actually turned out to be that era of pinch hitting, the, the original pinch hitting. And it's not the first time that uh, Srinath has been promoted up the order. It happened even in the uh, India-Sri Lanka World Cup semi-final at Eden Gardens. Not many would actually mm-hmm. remember that, but mm-hmm. he was actually promoted to up the scoring a little bit as soon as Sachin got out. And there have been players like Prashant Vaidya in 1994, Sharjah, where they bought him also as a pinch hitter. Srinath's actually like... Uh, 
uh, Varun said he is he was that era's so-called uh, a bowler who can actually dunk the ball and who can hit those sixes. So he always gave you that feeling of uh, hitting those big shots and being a pinch hitter. But I think very rarely it actually uh, worked for India. Almost 90% of the times in the 90s, their pinch hitting failed. And most teams, were, a lot of teams are trying it, I think maybe taking a leaf out of Sri Lanka's uh, uh, book. But uh, yeah, so it was not a surprise at that time. Uh, India were trying these kind of uh, things to up the scoring rate. Uh, but it never worked. Sorry, Varun, about that. Srinath gave you that feeling. And uh, a couple more points uh, which I wanted to make, especially about India's tail. Uh, it was so bad, the fact that in the 96 World Cup uh, uh, and even to the 90s, you remember in 1999 against Zimbabwe, how uh, the moment they needed what, some 10 or 12 runs and they lost four wickets. Uh, the tail never used to wag and it was very, very hard. And uh, to see them bad, you know, you'll uh, you'll see them come in and even from uh, situations, again, even the 99 India-Pakistan match, uh, as soon as Sachin got out, on either side of Sachin, they they lost, uh, I think, three, four wickets. So, uh, it was just fascinating to see Srinath and Kumble actually win it. And as in, um, uh, my brother is a huge Indian fan, uh, as an India cricket fan. Uh, So, he used to... He used to tell me that the moment Sachin gets out, the moment the tail comes, there's no chance that India were going to win. So, all that put together, it was a great uh, uh, game for sure. I think just to add to that pinch hitting concept, I think India, they didn't have a confidence in the lower order either. So, by promoting Srinath, they thought that that was a way of lengthening their batting order. And I think Srinath also made a 50 or something against uh, South Africa and Rajkot in one of the games where he just came and just swung his bat against Nicky Boye early in the innings and I think that was his maiden 50. So, they felt that that was possibly a way of lengthening the batting order because below Mongia, there was not much hope at all. Uh, If there was Twitter uh, back in the day, then, you know, the selectors uh, around the time would have, you know, been been trolled, as we say, uh, quite royally by the fans because they just made so many changes around then that it was hard to remember who were the 15 picked in the original squad. Yeah, I think the most heartwarming moment for me from that game though was when, when Srinath and Kumble were going at it. And coincidentally, or maybe not, Star played this game on Mother's Day. And the camera kept panning to the mums of both Kumble and Srinath. And, and you can see, you can see the, the, the nervousness on their faces. And they, they were out of their seats more, more often than not. And it's this typical Indian way of everyone going and shaking their hands. At the end, saying, yeah, congratulations, you have produced some awesome cricketers for, for, the, for this country. But as, as Varun put it earlier as well, 1996 was a banner year for Bangalore, for the Jinnaswamy Stadium, that uh, the, the, the World Cup quarterfinal against Pakistan, this match in particular. But there was always, I, I remember we did, we did a retro live for the 1996, both the games, in fact, we've done retro lives for it uh, during this lockdown. And in both games, there were instances of crowd trouble. Now, I'm not pinning this on Bangalore in particular because we know in that very year there was far more crowd trouble in some other some other stadia. But was GS was this a problem uh, in the subcontinent or maybe all across the world during cricket matches in those days? Not all across the world, but definitely in India, uh, it was like if India were losing, they just couldn't accept it. The passion uh, mm-hmm. which the fans had uh, was huge, and maybe I think the World Cup semi-final set a pretty bad example. Uh, it it made fans think that yes we can do this and we can decept it and we can be uh, uh, we can cause some trouble in the stadium so a lot of problems happened for fans post all these events you know uh, the whole uh, late 90s happened a couple of times in at eden gardens uh, once in bangalore and then the uh, spectators had to deal with nets in front of the cheaper stands where you had uh, in front of the gallery stands especially so to prevent people from throwing stuff and uh, it it was it's happened even at MCG actually once uh, in the Carlton United series in 2000 and again I think it was Ganguly who uh, got run out uh, uh, or was given run out against Australia and the Indian fans uh, went haywire so uh, it it sets a bad precedent mm-hmm. um, definitely and 
like they, they should not allow such things and what was very surprising something which i realized after watching the match the other day on tv which maybe i didn't remember uh, while watching it live is the number of people having uh, sparklers and uh, huh. uh, the kind of firecrackers they had and you can never imagine going into a game today with all these things it's impossible anywhere in the world and yes i i remember burning of fire uh, burning those uh, fours and sixes placard with fire yeah. that happened even at the hero cup Uh, in 1993 but uh, sparklers was uh, extremely new to me and it was very funny to see that and i guess because it coincided with diwali uh, if i vaguely remember diwali was around that time uh, two three days earlier or after so uh, i think access to all this was also a lot easier so uh, i'm obviously i'm sure all of us don't like crowd trouble and stuff and it required your uh, captain and uh, to come out it required azhar to come out and actually uh, tell the audience uh, tell the fans not to do these things and luckily in the end india won but no it's a big no and i don't think it should happen uh, anywhere across the world it's a very very bad thing for the game and also for people watching uh, the sport hmm football fans eat your heart out we have flares in the cricket as well yeah but we're on to something more more positive yeah you i mean varun you mentioned mentioned six six cricketers from karnataka who played that game let's go through the list i mean i mentioned sudeep somsundar who i had to look up who are the others who played that match uh, there was of course rahul dravid you might know that name which just <laughs> just just made his international debut he got a 100 in england uh, sorry he missed out on a 100 in england uh, mm-hmm. but a, a sparkling test debut there was of course shrinath and kumble and venki prasad who were already there in the world cup squad and uh, sunil joshi who was the left arm spinner uh, Pretty much the only difference in uh, bowling combination was that Venkatapati Raju from the quarterfinal had gone out and Joshi had come in making it an all Karnataka bowling attack, which uh, I think Shashank is very emotional about that fact. Uh, <laughs> when I mentioned it the other day, Shanky, was this unprecedented though? I mean, I mean, it does sound unprecedented that there are six cricketers from one state in an ODI eleven. Before I answer your question, uh, Karthik, there was nearly a seventh Karnataka cricketer. uh before that game david johnson was part of the standbys as one of the backups for either shrinath or prasad in case they had an injury or something and shrinath was very uh, prone to shoulder issues around that time so they always carried one uh, extra you know fast bowler uh, so david johnson was called into the squad so had he played he would have been the seventh after that i don't think we really seen uh, that kind of dominance from any one particular state in the Indian team. I mean, I can remember the Champions Trophy in 2000, where there was Vinod Kamli, Tendulkar, Ajit Agarkar, uh, three people from Bombay in the 11. Maybe Zaheer Khan, if you consider him to be from Mumbai, then four because at that time he was playing for Baroda. Uh, apart from that, it's hard to remember. Yeah, uh, Rahul, Karun Nair, Manish Pandey. These guys have played Vinay Kumar, but never really so many of them in the same 11. uh unlike uh, around that time and and would it be fair to say that they were pretty much guaranteed starters in that 11 at least most of them not not som sundar but i think the other at least four out of the five were were probably guaranteed to be in and around that team india 11 varun yeah for sure and uh, just to add to what shashank said it uh, you in in a, in a country with so many states it's i think near impossible to have uh, more than 3 or 4 at uh, at an average i suppose in australia it happens it's only six states uh, there's usually a new south wales dominance uh, here not so much but yeah uh, i think kumble shrinath and uh, venkatesh prasad especially in the nin- in 96 uh, were definite starters uh, and it was just a time when karnataka was dominating domestic cricket it's plain and simple i mean we should also put into context uh, that thing we spoke about selectors being all over the place that year so it it could have well been a case of you know nothing seems to be working out let's just pick the top performers in domestic cricket and just put them all in together and it so happened that year that karnataka were dominating all over the place mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i think at least back then in in that particular year three of those four bowlers were definite starters uh, dravid like i said was just coming in and would soon be dropped for his strike rate uh, somsundar never got a match again uh, joshi was in and out joshi was also supposed to be one of those promised pinch hitters who would do well but it never quite came off uh, for him either 
So yeah, three three of those six were definite starters, and I think they kept their places for a while as well. Uh, you you certainly wouldn't have uh, had Sully Longola play ahead of uh, any of those four. So Shanky, what makes Bangalore? What makes Karnataka tick in in cricketing terms? And you have to answer this without once mentioning the drainage at the Chiraswami. What makes them uh, tick? I mean, uh, since the nineties. I think the first time they won the Ranji Trophy was 73 74 and over the next 6 uh, 7 years they won the title two more times um over the next decade they won it two more times and they made three other finals so the actual um, uh, resurgence or actual uh, you know uh, what you, dominance started around then after that you know they had always be considered this dangerous team that was capable of challenging the top sides like bombay Delhi, uh, for that matter, and then in the 90s they had two wins back to back, and that was when uh, Kumble, Shrinath, Prasad, uh, Dravid, all these guys, you know, came into the system. J. Arun Kumar, uh, another very consistent scorer who somewhat missed out playing for India. Uh, many people say that you know before Virender Sehwag there was uh, Arun Kumar, you know, he was that kind of a batsman who just go out there and take on the bowlers, come out uh, facing fast bowlers with a cap, flat bat. Sixes. Uh, he was a very good batsman. Vijay Bharadwaj was really, really good. He had an amazing Ranji Trophy season, uh, 98-99, I think, on the back of which he got a call up to the uh, Indian team, and he did really well in his debut series. Uh, couldn't quite make the cut at the Test level. I think he had a very bad Test match in Sydney, where he was, uh, uh, you know, up against uh, Brett Lee and and Co. And that was mm-hmm. it for him. So uh, Vijay Bharadwaj was really good. So. uh that core um they have there were about 10 or 11 guys who were capable of pushing out or pushing in quite a few of the uh, top players from the indian team uh, around then so that kind of dominance has been was as you uh, as you earlier mentioned unprecedented uh, we couldn't we haven't been able to kind of see the same level of uh, competition now uh but what made it special was i think uh, back then everyone took the corporate and club level structure very seriously uh whenever they whenever sunil joshi for example wasn't playing for india or karnataka he was always playing uh, for canara bank mm-hmm. uh, ditto with venkatesh prasad he used to play for canara bank uh, all these cricketers were employed by banks or uh, public sector units back then so all these industries that were uh, you know centered around bangalore had corporate teams and everyone used to play i think uh, i remember going to uh, the, the rsi grounds near mg road in 1997 98 just to watch a game involving kumble shrinath dravid all three of them were playing this was when they weren't on india duties and there were about 10000 people uh, at the ground to wow. watch them so i mean it wasn't even a domestic game wasn't even a list a game it was just a corporate game but you had that kind of crowd coming in just to watch these guys play so i think that kind of had a knock on effect and that kind of boiled over into uh KCA organizing their own tournament called the uh, Timappaya tournament that's what it's called now uh, uh which is on par with what you have in uh, Chennai with the Buchi Babu which has been on for so many many years and Moinudala and Hyderabad so so um, so that's kind of become a culture now where uh, you kind of see these um, corporates and um, club structure becoming really really strong here but of course you don't see uh, the state cricketers turning up for their uh, teams anymore when they free uh, mm. that's pretty rare and that's also partly because the international calendar is so packed but uh, back then obviously you know there was an off season where people would crave for cricket from probably june to september the indian team wouldn't even play and you know when cricket eventually resumed you know people would long for cricket to come back and probably that's something that we all will do now once cricket eventually resumes Sashank and Varun, uh, any reason why this kind of uh, test success has not percolated into the IPL uh, with respect to Karnataka team? <laughs> <laughs> you can leave it uh, outside of stump if you feel it's too difficult a question. There's also a bit of background story here between uh, Shanky and me when it comes to RCB because I think uh, both our writing careers began. Uh, because we both entered an RCB blogging contest uh, some 10 11 years ago oh wow uh, so uh, we were pretty strong uh, 
Bangalore cricket boys in that sense. Uh, and uh, and I and I mentioned 10, 11 years ago, that was probably the last time uh, there was any sort of a local flavor at all to RCB, which was uh, also like like now that you put it into perspective, you can think back to then and say, okay, Kumble was in charge. So he knew who the good Bangalore players and the Karnataka players were. And uh, so he knew to build a team around them. Uh, I think around when he left, uh, I think 2010 was his last season. 10-11 was his last season. Uh, after he left, I think it sort of be- went a little haywire because uh, there wasn't, I suppose, uh, as much of uh, knowledge in the scouting pool about uh, the Karnataka the players. That's one reason, I suppose. The second reason was... Some of them were really good. Uh, guys like Utapa and Pandey were, and soon KL Rahul were really good and they, and they had demands elsewhere. Uh, and RCB had this compulsion to keep uh, some of their big names. You know, you, you can't not retain Kohli or De Villiers or Gale. Uh, so they, they, were, they always had a choice to make. And the choice was always seemingly sort of commercially tilted because most of RCB's fan base is not, uh, well, supporters of local cricket. I mean, it's a very general statement to make and uh, a lot of people might get angry after they hear that. But uh, it's, 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 it was geared towards uh, the more IT side. It was more geared towards bringing people into the stadium to mm-hmm. just watch and go rather than build a long-term uh, sort of fan base or a fan support among the locals. So uh, they had their reasons and I suppose that's one of the reasons why RCB continues to be commercially successful even in 2020, unlike say some some other small teams. Uh, but uh, I suppose they put that first. Uh, they put the brand RCB first. The owner of course was very brand conscious back then. Uh, and it just never sort of percolated and uh, without a Kumble, uh, you had guys like Vinay Kumar and Balachandra Kill and Abhimanyu Mithun not quite, you know, get the same support or the same sort of mentorship they might have got, mm-hmm. after, uh, who was basically a state legend. So uh, these guys also sort of had bad performances and were, you know, put on the side and it just, just didn't work out uh, uh, when RCB was peaking and that peak ended very early, by the way, uh, around 2010-11. It just never sort of, the culture was never set up to be a local team. Yeah, yeah, and Varun, you play a, you and your brother, I think, play at a decent level of, of local cricket, no? Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, I used to, it's, uh, I, I mean, speaking of corporate culture, we, uh, the cricket for, uh, team also plays in corporate cricket here, and mm-hmm. we had, uh, Sharad Srinivas play for us two years ago, who is currently the Karnataka Ranji keeper. Okay. So, uh, that, that sort of culture still persists. Of course, now a lot of these guys are big stars and IPL players and international players. They don't probably show up for club games. But, uh, even at the, even after Rahul Ravid had retired, his club was in, was in danger of being relegated. And he came and played for them after like 10 years or something in a second division game, I think, to, uh, get them, to keep, to either keep them safe or keep them promoted. So, yeah, that sort of culture, uh, exists a little bit. Um, uh, Still, but yeah, I, I've been part of this system through the. So, so then, if uh, what is it that you will usually hear on on a, on a cricket field in in Bangalore? And I'm going to borrow a bit from Radio Mirchi here. So, do you hear stuff like "sakka short maga" or something of that sort? Well, yeah, that that you do hear that a lot. Uh, the thing with uh, the thing with local cricket here is a lot of the phrases are either uh, encouraging Canada phrases or their uh, translations of English. So, uh, for example, in this Titan Cup chase itself, uh, at at one point I heard Kumble just shouting to Srinath saying, uh, Ado Magashri. It, <laughs> it was basically, you know, just stick in there, man, we got this. Yeah. And uh, uh, I remember the 2003 Adelaide test in Australia when uh, Dravid was batting with Kumble. Uh, he slapped it and he said, Yerdu, 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 which is basically, you know, come back for the second uh, so it's 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 not it's not very uh, colorful it's it's very practical it's very uh, uh, it's very performance oriented but mm. uh, i also remember one instance uh, where i think uttapa was keeping uh, to kumle in an ipl game and he said uh, uh, i picked it up on the stump mic he said kal muri hakbodo which uh, literally translated kal means leg yeah, three means break. So 
he was it was a very uh, unique way to say you can bowl a leg break here but kal muri is not something kannada it's 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 just a combination of words <laughs> so uh, so it's it's not uh, very uh, you know colorful like you might get in say mumbai or chennai yeah. or something like that but it's usually coded words uh, i remember when i was batting once and um, the wicketkeeper told the bowler uh, how hak bodu which means you can literally translated means you can bowl a snake here <laughs> and uh, i i obviously had no idea what that meant until the next ball was at my throat so <laughs> it's just uh, little code words like that, that oh, damn i honestly thought the underarm delivery was going to come by <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that would have uh, been even more surprising but yeah these are the yeah. these sort of things yeah know. there there was this once also where manish pandey i think we looked at it yesterday he was caught when he was on uh, mic'd up during an ipl game and i'm pretty sure utap was keeping when they were playing for 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 KKR and he's like mom edges bandre alle barate and the moment he said mom he had my heart yeah I mean, that that's so bangalore yeah yeah i mean it's it's generally very uh, bangalore to hear mom and macha and guru yeah. and sishya uh, those are those are still words you hear when you watch uh, karnataka play i i was at eden gardens for the semi final in march and uh, these are these are all very prominent words that you could hear all around the stadium hmm. so so both varun and shanky are our bangalore slash karnataka cricket experts so we thought we'll have some fun with the two of y'all so we have enlisted our quiz master gaurav sundaraman and he's he's already looking so like pompous he knows these questions are going to be tough because bangalore karnataka cricket are specialist subjects for the both of y'all gaurav has set each of y'all a few questions and there's not not much a stake here probably just i don't know pride or ego maybe you'll get the best seat in the office when we go back but for now i'm going to hand the reins of stump mic to gorav sundaraman for a special quiz segment with chanky and varun okay good guys so it's a very simple quiz you guys have covered karnataka cricket for a lot of a lot of years now and i'm sure everything is going to be a sitters for you uh so i'm going to start with varun i'll ask varun the question if he gives me a wrong answer i'll pass it to shashank and then the second question for shashank i just have six questions to three each okay so the first question is for varun so this karnataka player had a long international career his first international wicket was said anwar and his last international last test wicket last international wicket was that of riddy jacobs who is this player Is it Srinath? Okay, I need to pass you to Shashank. Shashank? It's uh, Rahul Dravid. <laughs> yes. That's how Quizmasters uh, start off with questions. Slightly, uh, <laughs> I, think, good, I think the Riddy Jacobs wicket was in the Antigua test of 2000. Yeah, yeah. I should have known that. <laughs> 200, 250 overs, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody bowled. Ajay Ratha also bowled an over, if I remember. Yeah. So, Dravid got a wicket. So, yes, that is Rahul Dravid. He, take a, he, has, he has five wickets, actually, in international cricket. Four in ODIs and some illustrious names there in Gary uh, Kirsten, I think, and uh, John Pollock. And Gordon Trusna, Stump. Think, yeah. Uh, so second question for Shanky I think this is an easy one so so in the 1981 uh, 82 Ranji season Sunil Gavaskar once batted left handed to counter this Karnataka spinners uh, bowling he was supposed to be very uh, uh, good and difficult to hit so Sunil Gavaskar actually batted left and right and they kind of saved the uh, uh, lead I think uh, you seem extremely confident and ready to give the answer so who was this Karnataka spinner Raguram but yes so that's two points for Shanky Varun did you know this yeah i knew this i have also uh, he was raguram but was the selector when i was a junior cricketer so <laughs> uh, okay next question to uh, varun we all know that kl rahul scored a century on odi debut for india and he remains the only player to do so whose record did he break to actually become india's uh, highest run getter in a debut innings in odi yeah Uh I thought this is up here Ali it's a pretty <laughs> it's a recent uh, yeah, recent in the sense it's in the last 15 years Was it Karun Nair? No. Shanky oh. for the win. Was it yeah. Robin Uthappa? Yes it was Robin Uthappa he, he scored 86 in 86 against England. Western yeah, yeah or England England England, England. Right. he scored 86 so uh, uh, Uthappa's um, record is what KL Rahul broke so Shashank is on 3 uh, 
Now, next question to Shashank. This one will be probably, he, he'll win it at this, if, if he gets this, right? Shanky yeah. will, yeah, he cannot Come be on, caught. Arun, becoming like the India-Pakistan bowl out of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> we need to settle this on the field, man. Okay, so I made my debut in international cricket at the age of 18 in a ODI against England. I went on to score 51 runs. In February 2018 versus South Africa, I became the youngest player to score 1,000 runs in ODIs. Who am I? Is the has this got some connection with Karnataka cricket? Yes, every every question is Karnataka. <laughs> Shanky okay. is questioning the quiz master here. So he made his debut in February 2018. No, I made my debut at the age of 18. In 18, February okay. 2018 versus South Africa, I became the youngest player to score thousand runs. We'll have to hurry you here, Shanky. Ah uh, no, man, uh, I'll pass this. Varun, I have no idea. <laughs> February 2018 versus South Africa, I became the youngest player to score 1,000 runs in ODIs. Was it Manish Pandey? No. Varun, are you also passing? Yeah, I'm going to have to pass here. <laughs> and I'm going to feel very bad when I hear the answer, I think. No, you won't. There's another trick question. The answer is Veda Krishnamurti. I never said it. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I never said he. I said I. Shanky oh, assumed enough. it to be a he. So. Nice. Good one. <laughs> Penultimate question to, uh, I think this goes to Varun. Uh, this Karnataka cricketer has expressed an interest in politics and joined Janta Dal, led by former Prime Minister H.D. Devagoda. He took up the position of coach of Goa in 2012 and 2013. In October 2016, he participated as a contestant in Big Boss Canada 4 and survived for two weeks. Who is this legendary cricketer? Dodda Ganesh. Yes, that's Varun off the mark. Um, <laughs> with a fairly uh, straightforward answer. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you don't ask him about the cricket. You ask him about the big boss and there he is. Kids these days, I tell you, Gaurav. <laughs> Last question, another sitter for uh, Shashank. This is personal uh, to me because uh, I went for cricket coaching between 1995 and 1997 to this cricketer's academy. He played three tests and 22 ODIs for India. He gained recognition during the height of India's ascendancy in world cricket in the mid-80s. Who is this cricketer? Roger Binney? No. Varun? Sadhanand Vishwanath. This spot on Sadhanand Vishwanath it is. I went for his coaching academy at NAL grounds in the 90s. and Yeah, yeah he was a great coach. Now he's about to become an elite umpire. So good one, Varun. Now it's 3-2. And now because it's so close, I want to give Varun another chance. Like how RCB yeah. gets those chances towards the end. I can't complete this quiz without an RCB question. So, I'm just going to give the question uh, and one of you just shout out the answer. Whoever gets it first is going to win the quiz. So, this is an RCB question for hardcore RCB fans like both of you. RCB's captain, Daniel Vettori, had a choice to choose between Virat Kohli and this other bowler during this game against CSK when Albi Markle hit 28 runs of Virat Kohli. If, instead of Virat Kohli, he could have given the option to another player to bowl this over. Who was that other bowler who had two overs remaining? Yes, And Varun, your guess? Vinay Kumar. Both of you are way off the mark. This is a question for hardcore Asif. It won't be that easy. Ah. <laughs> so, Abhi <laughs> Markle hit 28 runs. There's no guarantee that if Vettori had given an over to the other bowler, it could have even gone for 32 and the game could have gotten over. But was it Abraham Kazi? No. I expected both of you to get. Now you guys are just throwing out Karnataka cricketers. No, no, this is. I know really that this is an all-rounder. Uh, what was his name? Raju Batkal. <laughs> Correct. It is Raju Batkal. Wow. Shanky, yeah. Shanky gets it in his third attempt. That was Raju Batkal of Karnataka who, who had, had two overs remaining, but obviously Batori went with Kohli and. Uh, Albi Merkel win, won it for CSK. Good show, Shanky. Good show, Varun. Uh, it, was, it was fun. And uh, I think you guys need to revise more about RCB. <laughs> you know, the moment you said all-rounder, you know, uh, I could Im- immediately go back to Raju Bhatkal because we were just discussing the other day how uh, difficult it was to pick an RCB all-time 11. And then <laughs> RCB never had an all-rounder. So, you know, that way it made it easier. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was lovely. Experience comes through at the end, uh, no Varun, with uh, Shanky Shanky winning it, winning it four two.
let's end the show with another short discussion this time about few more tailenders that India have had. We have first spoken a lot about Srinath and Kumble, but I'll throw you another pair, guys. Do you remember India versus Australia in 2007? I think I think this was in Mumbai. India had already lost the series to Australia. They were trailing 4-1. Murli Karthik stole the show here. No, Gaurav. Yeah, and the interesting uh, fact about that match is uh, for the first six games he was actually in the studio, if I remember right, with the Neo Sports uh, doing commentary, and then they just got him as a replacement in the seventh game, and there he was uh, uh, winning a man of the match. Um, uh, in, it was another controversial game actually for the whole uh, crowd chant with Simons and Simons and Co. But uh, uh, again, it was a dead rubber, but a very uh, incredible match where Murli Karthik and uh, Zach uh, won it for the. India, but uh, it was really funny to see somebody who was in the commentary box uh, just go out uh, and actually deliver a match-winning performance. Yeah, I mean, uh, Australia were bowled out for I think 193, and India was 64 for six at one stage. I mean, there's no hope there, and one they went on to 143 for eight. Uh, Kart- Karthik was was really good. He had taken six wickets in in Australia's innings. He came here. I was watching the highlights on 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 YouTube yesterday, and he was playing some delicate touches of Bradley. I think he was out as well at at one point, but. Uh, I think he was caught behind during that match. Varun's nodding. He remembers this. Yeah, I do actually. And uh, there's also a bit of a Karnataka touch to this because it was Uttapa who kept India in the game, I think. Uh, some uh, delicious shots that he was prone to playing in those days. Uh, yeah, I do remember this. It was uh, quite fun to watch because uh, Zaheer, in some sense, was the uh, sort of he took the baton from Srinath, in some sense, for, for being that guy who th- throws the bat around. And. Uh, in this game, he and Harbhajan actually first came together because Murli Karthik, uh, despite his, you know, he's a very good batsman at first class level, was played at number 10 in this game. Uh, and it was Harbhajan and Zaheer who sort of steadied the ship after Utapa got out. They played so- sort of sensibly, still threw their bats around and hit some glorious shots. Uh, but it was it was good to watch Zaheer, you know, that day it was, uh, he applied himself and he had that in him. Uh, he's, he's been part of some other partnerships where if he tried to stick around, he could do it. Uh, and uh, then, of course, uh, he, I think he hit Brett Lee straight over his head, uh, which mm-hmm. was a joy to behold. Because, again, if you want to draw parallels, it was like Srinath hitting that straight six in 96. Uh, so they stuck around and then I think he had enough of it. He threw his bat around and then Murli Karthik came. He was the sort of Australia expert for India at the time. Uh, every time he played against them, he did well. And he just came around and he nudged and nerdled and stabbed and, you know, got all his runs behind the wicket. Uh, even even the winning runs was the, the most, uh, you know, there's no glory to it at all. It was a leg by that went for four at final leg. It was uh, very sort of stuck to the crease, pushing his bat out. Must have uh, hurt Australia even more because I think they had a chance to, like, catch him and it went through... They, I think they didn't feel particularly well either. And uh, it was uh, great for Mumbai as well because I think there was some sort of a crowd angle to this as well. I think at the start of the game, the Mumbai crowd was chanting Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the, the announcer had to tell them in three different languages to like cut it out. So there was all of that. And uh, a lot of people thought it would be Sachin's last game at Wangkhede Day because I think some renovation was due and... The next match would have been in 2011. No one thought he would be there for the final, obviously. But uh, yeah. this was 2007. Everyone thought Tendulkar's done at Mumbai. And like, let's enjoy this. He, of course, didn't make any runs. But yeah, I, I remember this match pretty well. Zaheer and Harbhajan would uh, come together to lead India to victory in 2011 as well. It was South Africa versus India. This was, I think, I think Yusuf Patan played, played a really good knock on that day. He got a few chances. But it was... It was pretty good, no, when uh, Bajji and Zach batted together. For a tale, that seems like a pretty decent tale. Zaheer started off as a very good uh, slogger. Uh, in 2000, I think he hit Henry Olunga for four uh, consecutive sixes in an ODI. And his progressive and his ODI batting got progressively bad. Even, I mean, test batting as well <laughs> uh, over the years. I think 2004, he supported Tendulkar in a huge 10th wicket partnership against uh, Bangladesh, making 75 odd. So, he was very competent in his first half, just like Srinath. And then, as he got uh, the injuries and as uh, the years went on, you know, he just completely lost faith in his batting for some reason. And towards the end of his career, it was just like a, he was like a walking wicket. Every time he came in, you just got the feeling that he'd probably just nick one or they'll just bowl a full ball and get him out LBW. So... Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, there have been another performance. I think, uh, Shanky, you found this yesterday. You 
ping me and you're like, we have to talk about this India versus West Indies. And I looked at the two names. It was Umesh Yadav and Varun Arun. Like this was this was a bit shocking. Yeah, it was a very very uh, interesting game. Uh, the series is well remembered for Sehwag making that double century against uh, West Indies, mm-hmm. and he was also captain uh, for a few games in that series, I think. Uh, and uh, this was the series. This was the first game of that series, and India were about 187 for nine or something. The last pair needed about 13 or 14 runs, and they took their time uh, and eventually got India home. Uh, I mean, not a game that you will probably go down as a classic, but uh, yeah, I mean, talking about tailenders, that just came to mind immediately because I uh, that was the time where you remembered what uh, happened in every game, unlike today, where um, probably if you ask me what happened in the New Zealand tour in February, I'd probably struggle to give you the scores, but I can kind of remember what happened in the 1998 Test match or 99 Test match. Yeah, uh, actually, speaking of speaking of Test cricket in this context, there's a there's a bit of a backstory to this uh, Varun Arun and Umesh game as well because a few days before this match, uh, there was a Test match that uh, that India had narrowly uh, drawn in the end. Actually, so it was essentially West Indies versus India. India was chasing around two forty two. Was the making of Ashwin as an all rounder? He had scored his uh, scored a century in in the first innings. And in the second innings, India was chasing 240. I don't remember the scores exactly, but it was Ashwin batting with the tail, and at the end of it, it was uh, Ashwin and Varun Arun batting together. So this was literally three or four days before Varun Arun and Umesh Yadav pulled this off. And the thing with that was, it was widely remembered because India needed two runs to win. Yeah. Uh, and Ashwin knocked it down to long gone, and a lot of people thought he didn't run the first one hard, and he didn't come back for the second because there was they wouldn't have lost if he had got out. Uh, but the thing with that is. In the penultimate over, Varun Arun had taken a single off the last ball, and Ashwin had allowed it. Uh, <laughs> whereas in the ODI match, uh, Varun Arun was, I think, suddenly you know filled with confidence after what he had pulled off in the test, was starting to act like he was the senior batsman. So I remember, like after they came in for two or three overs, Varun Arun was just doing anything he could to tell Umesh, "Listen, I need the strike." So he almost got run out a couple of times trying to do this. He was refusing singles, and there was Rohit and Rahani. They were panicking with them in the dressing room and who were cursing under their breath every time Aaron wasn't taking a run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure in in Varun Aaron's mind, he was just thinking like a very experienced finisher now, and like I'm going to take this deep. <laughs> But it was a joy to behold because that old cliche of uh, how fast bowlers run between the wickets was uh, very well on show because they nearly got run out a couple of times and. Uh, by the end of it, they got very, you know, calm about it. I remember Umesh Yadav left the ball before he hit the winning four and all that. So they really pulled it together that day. Was uh, mm-hmm. so it was just four days apart. Varun Arun was a very good finisher for those for that week. India Indian tail performances usually had one very good batsman at the other end. I think we have numerous Lakshman based uh, performances with the tail. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, India and tail end is not uh, uh, not something. to brag about but whenever they've had these wins it's been pretty memorable this has been a lot of fun this was about tailenders and and of course bangalore chinnaswamy stadium cricket i think before i leave all of y'all i want quick short answers from each of y'all what is who is india's probably your favorite tailender that india has produced and secondly what has been your favorite moment maybe at the chinnaswamy or bangalore cricket in general shanky you first okay my favorite uh, tailender is uh, devashish mohanty Uh, there was something about his uh, batting at number 11 that was so endearing. I mean, he wasn't the Courtney Walsh level, of course, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was somewhere between Glenn McGrath and uh, yeah, Glenn McGrath and Srinath, I would say. So yeah, Devashish Mohanty for me. Karnataka cricket, uh, yeah, I mean, hard to look beyond the double treble that they won for two years back to back, and they swept the season. But uh, apart from that, I mean, if you look, talking about the recent one, I would pick that uh, Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy win just about a few months ago when they beat Tamil Nadu in a pulsating final. Uh, yeah, that would be probably a very good win that I would like. Love to watch the highlights and maybe even do retro live commentary for. It. So come on, guys, let's make it happen. Uh, said it earlier, Srinath will be my undisputed favorite uh, tailender from India at least. I mean, if we the only one, the the only other cricketer who has had my heart as a tailender is uh, Trent Bolt. But uh, we'll stick to the theme for now. But uh, Srinath, uh, no doubt, there was I had no expectations, no hopes, nothing. And every time I watched Srinath bat, I just wanted. 
to have pure fun and he delivered every time whether he struck the ball whether he connected whether he didn't it was just all such a spectacle for me uh, so he will remember he will remain my uh, undisputed favorite uh, as for my favorite chinnaswamy moment it seems like every time australia plays a test series in india they get a match in bangalore and i've seen three of them one of these was when uh, sachin tendulkar scored a double hundred uh, i was <laughs> i actually didn't get to see the the part where he made all those runs i came in the next morning when he was in the 190s and uh, he just needed to get the runs to make the 200 and i was there for that um uh, this was my favorite moment because uh, india india's innings ended very early that day uh, i remember distinctly this bowler called peter george uh, who was bowling mm. to sachin tendulkar and this one ball where uh, he was so out of sorts that it went like to the second pitch to the pitch on the left of the main pitch and it rolled through to the keeper i think it was tim pain at the time if i'm not wrong uh, very young tim pain Uh, i remember this specifically because of the bowling because india's innings ended very early that day and it was pragyan oja shrishant i think zahir khan and uh, masabin harbhajan uh, it was pressure sustained pressure on a batting lineup like i've never seen before uh, i remember especially the spinners uh, pragyan oja particularly was uh, on the money it was it was uh, like at least by the end of the day the third session it was no way australia could have done anything because the crowd was in full flow when when the chennai crowd gets loud it gets really loud because very small packed stadium so i just remember being part of that atmosphere and every time i think chennai swami that's the first uh, picture that comes to my head uh, and then of course rishan got a wicket late and it just it was just rousing cricket and mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's that's my archetype of chinnaswamy yeah that no, no that, that that's that's fair because being electric atmosphere the chinnaswamy and again test cricket i think my favorite would probably be i was there for that the fourth day was it when australia india was australia i think it was the third test and australia was chasing 180 i think a lot of us from cricket info were were at that stadium and this was where steven smith tried to look to the to to his team in the pavilion to ask whether he should review so yeah. Yeah, that, that that was a cracking cracking day of test cricket god what about you Yeah, for me, I think with Thailanders, it's uh, not an Indian uh, Thailander. It's uh, Muthaya Muli Dharan and Kirti Walsh. I think watching both of them bat uh, at various time uh, junctures in their career was hilarious. Muli Dharan, especially, you never know what he used to get with him. Every ball he used to swing, and uh, the bowlers just had to bowl on the stumps, and they would have got these two players out. But somehow, uh, Steve Smith's leaves and Kirti Walsh uh, leaving the ball both are uh, pretty similar and iconic in. Uh, in their own way, so I, they are my tail, favorite tailenders. And Chinnaswamy moment has to be this '96 game, uh, which we discussed about first mm-hmm. ever game for me, and uh, going and watching a day-night uh, match in that uh, in a stadium as a kid, uh, I just enjoyed it. The fact that you can see uh, move from afternoon to night and watching a game with coloured clothing and and the atmosphere, I think nothing can beat that. And before I uh, before we end this podcast, uh, I hope uh, Kings Eleven Karnataka can do it for Varun and Shanky <laughs> sometime next year. Gaurav <laughs> has used this entire platform of Stumpike to take barbs at RCV. <laughs> But anyway, this this has been a whole lot of fun for Bangalore boys on the Stumpike pod talking about some of the best tailenders India has ever had and a whole lot of Karnataka cricket. Thank you, Gaurav. Thank you, Varun. Thank you, Shanky. Thanks, Karthik. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. This was ESPN Cricket Info Stumpike. Use hashtag Stumpike and reach out to us on Twitter or any other social media platform. Until next time. Stay clean, stay safe.